Hello everyone, welcome back to Janvit Vishwak Podcast. Uh, again, today we have with us Shobit, Shobit Raj Mittal. And today we are going to discuss about limiting beliefs and how we can overcome them. Hi Shobit, yes. welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you Pushpa and uh, welcome back everyone. Thanks for tuning in and I'm glad to join in back. Yeah, thanks man. Thanks for doing this again. We should do this again and again, man. You know, we can bring a, sure. l- a lot yeah, more. Yeah, I'm in making this a series. Yeah, mm. let's see. So, what do you think about limiting beliefs? You know, or what I think is like people have like various limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs of money, like they can't have, like they can't make a lot of money. They can't uh, get a good job, or they can't have, you know, a achhi girlfriend milna or you know, this kind of, there are lots of belief, limiting beliefs that people have. Mm-hmm. And it is completely related to, I think, how their upbringing was. Matlab, childhood, kaisa tha, what they have learned, like listened to. It depends on bad parenting as well. Schooling, parenting, mm-hmm. how their friend was, in what environment, in environment they've grown up. So all things, I think these are the things that matter, which make our limiting beliefs. What do you sure. think? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> okay, first of all, uh, I would like to just, you know, put out a disclaimer that whatever whatever we are going to discuss here is basically uh, a genuine attempt to start a conversation, start an engagement with the audience. It's right. not that uh, we want this conversation to be something something of a, something, some knowledge that you uh, the audience need to be crammed on. But right. We just want it to be a conversation where we want people to engage with us and give their own ideas. So it's not really possible that whatever that we are saying is 100% true. You can hit us back, you can, you know, hit, hit, uh, hit us back on Instagram and tell us your views about a conversation so that, we, you know, we could also, you know, uh, refine our views on right. different topics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so having said that, uh, let's uh, first understand what is limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs is basically, as the word says, those beliefs that limit you from reaching somewhere. Okay, so let's say you are point A and you want to reach point B, and there are different ways to reach those two places, right? Like from A to B. Right. Either you could go straight, straight point, straight line, or you can go zigzag, or you can go like a Curved path, parabola, hyperbola, whatever. Okay, so mm-hmm. but limiting beliefs is what are those objections in your mind? What are those uh, beliefs? What are those ingrained habits that you have which do not let you move forward to point B? Un sabko, I would want to define all of them as limiting beliefs. Right. So, like, add in and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically all these beliefs is primarily comes from the conditioning that we have, either from parents, either from society, friends, uh, the culture that we grow in. In fact, you'll see that uh, the children, like the people in India, mm-hmm. they will have different limiting beliefs compared to people from USA or UK or uh, South American countries or African countries. So every culture has their own limiting beliefs which are ingrained by children, by people as they grow up. Right. 
so so you are saying how to over the other yeah. countries uh, usa and africa you talk about so they have different limiting beliefs right so you are not saying yeah, we have more limiting beliefs than uh, limiting beliefs than them not not necessarily because let's say if i have a limiting belief let's say uh, indians uh, have a limiting belief that they don't want to spend a lot on something on buying something okay right. so this is a limiting belief on buy i mm-hmm. have let's say let's say i have a buying limiting belief Hmm. so whenever i want to buy something whenever let's say i go to amazon or any shopping website right. i think at least like 100 times should, if, if should i buy this or not if this is the right price or not if i can get this cheaper on some other website or, or not right. so <clears throat> i can go on doing this and i can you know delay my decision to as long as i want and this is all because of my limiting beliefs if i am not able to buy that okay so hmm. this is limiting buying beliefs and this might be because uh, my parents had told me like while growing up that you should you should you know save your money you should not like spend it uh, mm-hmm. like at all different places and all things that i've seen that my, let's say my friends are all stingy and you know they used to save money i've seen my family and my relatives save money and this is has been a culture basically in india so yes. sometimes people uh, grow and you know have those limiting buying beliefs so don't easily want to buy something whereas uh, you might be in a culture of let's say usa or somewhere or whatever in europe and let's say your parents are quite rich they give you uh, like surplus pocket money and you don't even have you know you don't even know how to spend all it all at once uh, you have that much amount of pocket money so basically when you have no limiting beliefs in your childhood related to buying hmm. when you grow up you don't even think of buying something you just buy and you nice. think later after buying hmm. so all this is result of you know limiting buying beliefs and this is just for uh, buying and this is and you know limiting beliefs can you know range in the field of dating to uh, sales to business to all different facets that we have in our life right so what uh, like thing we talked about the people in usa who don't even think before buying so i think uh, this things can have a, a advantage as well as disadvantage uh, also because uh, yeah they can go and buy things and uh, which are, which is not useful at all this can happen but at the same time they can buy things or maybe you know online courses or the books which can help them really a lot and it can completely change their life so in india it's totally different so even i don't know maybe there are some people who even think before buying a book or you know buying an online course which can you know transform their life but they still think a lot about it and uh, and this is a completely different point maybe but while going to college and you know giving a lot of fees like lakhs of rupees they don't even think about it like we indians do have a limiting beliefs of spending money in all these things you know but when it comes to university i think most of the indians are like yeah man just take my money <laughs> i don't care just take my money mm-hmm. what do you think yeah yeah that's a good point basically again this i don't want to generalize this that uh, americans have you know no limiting beliefs at all when it comes to buying right you 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 find people in india too who are you know extremely rich or you know who don't have limiting buying beliefs at all Exactly. Right, right. But 
again uh, when we are talking as a you know majority or as a average indian as average us citizen you will find uh, differences in terms of limiting buying beliefs first of all because of the way both of them have grown up in the different environments and secondly what uh, what do you yeah and what do you mention about the colleges is basically that indians have a culture of growing up in an environment where they are forced to study and you know become an engineer doctor or some or some job which is you know prevalent in society and which is acceptable and respected by society basically exactly. i won't say engineer is respected by society but <laughs> you know something which is acceptable exactly. by people you know okay sharma ji ka beta engineer ban gaya okay all right mm-hmm. so that is a thing that uh, india like we indians we have a high uh, amount of pressure while growing up to you know to reach uh, a level where we, are, we we can be accepted by the society right. because we are so less self worth you know mm-hmm. I, I, and I, i can give some personal experience, you know examples from it because i experienced it uh, by my, my myself that i had so many uh, self beliefs uh, regarding to be accepted by society in different forms mm. that becoming something wasn't really something i that i wasn't really clear that what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and i was doing something only because i could be accepted by society and i could be happy that something someone is accepting me yeah so this happens with a lot of people yeah so yeah this this is a thing that indians have this culture of you know going to colleges schools and becoming uh, having a job having safety security in their life which is you know uh, like understandable like people want to have security and uh, stability in their life but mm. indians have highly ingrained this uh, philosophy of being safe and taking a job and going to colleges basically right. Right. whereas if you compare to us us uh, uh, like they had the first great depression in 1929 and if you uh, see the history of us after the first world war mm-hmm. us was the first country that benefited a lot from the world war 1 okay europeans country incurred massive amount of losses financially and respect to people why but us basically <clears throat> world war 1 was basically a european fight okay and yeah. con- different countries who joined in were basically the colonies of the european empires right so be it britain spain germany france all of this had different uh, colonies in africa india uh, south america us was a, a british colony so all right. these countries joined in because of this european fight but after this fight us had such an amount of status it was a big daddy after the world war 1 of the world mm-hmm. and uh, they started dominating the world of uh, like up since 1918 after 1918 and after the great depression us became the country where people used to invest their money uh, in fact richard nixon the president of uh, ex president of uh, usa he converted all of the gold that european countries have given mm-hmm. to europe to basically dollars so dollars was dollars is now the uh, has that respect that gold had back then 
Right. And this is such an incredible step taken by the US presidents that US is the has been the supreme most or uh, the you know the supreme power mm-hmm. in the world, and they always had this culture of uh, capitalism, and right. they you know they're really ingrained in people uh, like uh, while people grow up, capitalism is really ingrained in children. and that yeah. is why you see a lot of entrepreneurs growing up in silicon valley they have you know a whole mm-hmm. place for people to go in start, start their venture and get funding from vcs and everything so like the culture that us has in terms of capitalism and making money is unmatched it cannot be seen in any other country yeah exactly so, so us is uh, very free as compared to india also like economically we are free as well and in lot of other aspect as compared to other communist countries but us is like the free as fuck man you can do whatever you want means in cap like starting your business and even you can talk anything like uh, like if you you know some if you talk something in india maybe like so uh, you something about politics it maybe it can have a ne- negative impact on that as well so yeah i was talking about uh, yeah definitely very possible hmm. <coughs> in fact so, uh, yeah go ahead yeah so uh, yeah when we uh, yes you as you mentioned about uh, why like people in usa start business and you know the silicon valley is the all the major giants in the world are from us only like facebook apple google all this company so there's a lot of you know the cultural difference in india and us also like if you see in us after 18 years uh 18 saal ke baad bachcha he goes out of the home and you know he start making his monthly like he matlab wo apne aap jo karna chahta hai wo kar sakta hai aur wo basically he is not dependent on their family they are not dependent on their family but if you see in india ki bhai bachcha 20 saal ka ho gaya 22 saal ka ho gaya 25 saal ka ho gaya some of them are still staying with their parents you know don't you think this yeah. happens in india a lot like i think mujhe aisa lagta hai this should really change in india this should yeah, this is something that you know this is something that i was uh, discussing with one of my friend is basically that us has a culture of for the students when they reach at a age of like 14 or according to team they start working part time they start working in mcdonalds and all these different companies like mm-hmm. like small st- stores basically right. uh, and they start making money right from uh, you know their childhood right from their school basically mm-hmm. and they are taught to work part time and not take pocket money from the parents uh, after reaching certain age right. so that makes the us students a lot more independent a lot more risk taking a lot more uh, venturing than compared to a average indian citizen indian, indian student because like indians uh, most of them start uh, working at the age of like 22 23 exactly. after they have completed their uh, colleges yeah yeah <clears throat> so and like when they start earning that is the first experience like the first salary is the first experience of someone of an individual of having that freedom having that you know flexibility of doing whatever that he wants to do that is the first experience and while a indian citizen indian student gets to experience this at the age of 22 23 an american citizen gets to experience this at the age of 14 or 15 so the difference comes in all these times 
uh, US citizen has been working part time, has been earning money, and also has been you know experiencing different uh, experiences because uh, as you know that US the currency of the US dollars, US dollars is supremely supremely powerful in the world. Right. So anywhere that he goes out of out of uh, USA, he won't even require a visa. Mm. He can go. Uh, he just he can just, he just carry his passport. He can uh, and he doesn't need to really spend that much because uh, you know what happens is these US students they save money after all this part time work. They yeah. go uh, outside, you know, work abroad. They work mm. in Thailand. They roam, roam around in Thailand, Cambodia, uh, oh, wow. Bali. All, all these places and basically yeah. they start experiencing and understanding what they want to do in life because okay. uh, this is very essential for anyone to understand really is that even if you are doing a business or a job why are you really doing it is because your family was doing it and you are continuing your family legacy or is it because you really want to do it and this is something that US you know US uh, students are blessed with that they can experience all these different experiences of traveling and all Mm-hmm. And they can uh, understand. Uh, do they like traveling? Do they like, uh, you know, starting a venture, starting a restaurant, or something? Anything right. of that sort. And they have such an amount of experiences just by you know traveling and meeting, meeting with different people. people. Yeah. That yeah. That after you know they they take take this as a break, one or you know two years break, and when when they come back to their country after this, they are clear what they have to do. Like I give an example. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg did this. Steve Jobs did this. They take a they took a break after uh, from their colleges, and they came to India. The yeah, good thing I... went to uh, I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg went to somewhere in Uttarakhand if I'm not wrong, and yeah. uh, Steve Jobs went to somewhere in Tamil Nadu. Some I don't know the no. Name uh, of the place. Mark I don't know about Mark Zuckerberg, but Steve Jobs I think he came to Varanasi. Uh, in UP, okay. yeah, Uttar Pradesh. So yeah, so basically, enlightenment and stuff. He made 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 some gurus and all. So yeah, that was experience in India. And yeah, and Steve also was basically uh, uh, I would say a marijuana addict. He used to you know smoke weed, and yeah. basically <clears throat> while you know, he was in India, hmm? in his biography he writes that in that short period of time. He was able to think through what he wanted to do in his life, right. and this is actually a very good exercise. Like, uh, if someone is uh, doing it, like I, I, I do smoke weed as unpolitical or as you know mm-hmm. uh, controversial <laughs> as that may sound, but I would actually recommend people to you know uh, take a break from their work right. and you know go to places like these. And smoke up if you, if you if you do, and you know like understand what you really want to do in life. Have different experiences, travel around, <clears> and uh, after that, take a take a decision that uh, this is something that you know uh, there's a need in the market. You have done the market research. You have done. Uh, you have you have understood that this is something that you love to do, and this is something that can make money. And yeah. if you have done all of that, then that. At that point of time, all you need to do is massive action. Right. Yeah. So, so as you talked about, yeah, as you talked about Steve yeah. Jobs' biography, he also mentioned, you know, I read it like hundred times. He said that LSD, doing LSD, was one of the most profound experiences of his life. Can you imagine that? Yeah. 
because yeah, by definitely. doing lsd or dmt you experience the another level of consciousness or you know like multiverse or something that your perspective of world completely change and maybe you like unlearn things and you see the world in a other, you know in a different way so whatever the limiting beliefs we have maybe like it can change or we can have a completely different perspective to of looking at things maybe uh, like if you are just if you just tried acid i, I never tried it uh, i wouldn't recommend i won't recommend it on it uh, to anybody on show but if you like i had a talk with a lot of people who tried uh, um, acid so they told me they shared uh, they shared their trip and even like you are just walking also on road but you can see you know things completely differently you know you you know completely different perspective and it will be so much fun and it will be a, a amazing experience as well but at the same time i don't know you must have heard that some people goes to the bad trip as well so they get paranoid yeah. and stuff so uh, but and I, actually I, i was talking with one of my friend and he said ki it is a part of trip you don't need to you know of course you can you, you just have to accept it if you go paranoid and it happened yeah. me I, i got paranoid uh, some uh, couple of times on marijuana actually not on lsd so yeah. it it feels like i'm going to fucking die man but still you don't die you know so it it's a good experience i guess everyone should have that experience as well a good experience as well as yeah. bad experience yeah so basically uh, drugs like these like marijuana and lsd and all these or psychedelics as is okay yeah psychedelics is basically a sort of meditation right because so meditation while you do sitting at home or while you are doing with psychedelics the only difference is with psychedelics you are using an external stimulus to reach into that stage okay and meditation is like state so hello hello yeah can you hear me yes i can hear your voice was not yeah yeah start are you better eh ah i can hear yeah tell me okay yeah so basically uh, what i was saying like i was saying you psychedelics to you know get yeah, like so me, basically yeah. yeah so meditation uh, is like uh, a next stage i would say after psychedelics where you could reach into that state without using psychedelic external stimulus right and uh, you are able to experience all the good and the bad feelings all the good and bad sensations and you are not able to ju- you are not judging them basically you are just uh, feeling them and you are letting them grow okay so that is uh, what vipassana says uh, attend a uh, discourse course and th- that's what they teach so vipassana. basically yeah vipassana vipassana yeah, yeah. as they call whatever yeah, I, I that is what they teach it. basically yeah so it's it's basically you know understanding that whatever that you're feeling it's whether it's good or bad you don't have to uh, take it to the heart basically right. just understand what you're feeling and let it go just observe it and let it go you have done the vipassana right uh, Yeah, yeah, I've done that, and it's wow. a beautiful experience. So it's basically a ten-day course, and uh, you have to, you know, follow some rules. You have to be, you have to live in a 
enclosed area that area is uh, like like what we had in lockdown we cannot go out of that enclosed area. Uh, yeah you have to follow some rules while you are uh, doing that vipassana discourse you right. uh, cannot speak to anyone you cannot go outside you cannot uh, like you cannot even uh, do any gestures to anyone Hmm. You, uh, you you just basically on your own, okay? So it's basically a ten-day stage where you live on your own. Whatever you have to eat, whatever they give to you, you can't even make any demands that you want to eat some, some something different. Okay. And uh, it's it's basically a stage of you know state of uh, living a homeless living the life of a homeless person, and. You know, uh, introspecting and introspecting basically that what are you doing in life? What are you feeling in your life currently? What is happening in your life? Is this good for you? Is this bad for you? Then letting it go, and then uh, like uh, when I I remember when I went to Kasa for the first four or five days, like the actual Kasa starts from like day four, if I'm not mm-hmm. wrong. Till day day three, they teach you anapana, anapana uh, meditation. Okay. So the day four was a real vipassana, and uh, this day day four, I had made so many plans. Like the my business actually mm-hmm. started from vipassana because uh, I was doing that even management thing. Yeah, I remember, I man. We I remember yeah, we did yeah, that yeah. event, and I, I remember yeah, yeah. you you came back from Vipassana, and you were you were like, bro, I had this you know and kind of enlightenment, and you were like, I and I I know everything what to do in life. I was like, say yeah, and it was after that I think we did couple of events as well, speed dating and all. It was really yeah. awesome event, man. No, I think speed dating was for before Vipassana. Okay. I went to Vipassana just the next day after speed dating. Okay. We should have do. Yeah. We should have done more events by this. I don't know. Yeah, that was last event. <laughs> yeah. uh, we should we do it again. Time. Maybe sometime. Uh, maybe. So basically, the past like in that three days, I had so many plans of okay. what to do. I had you know made fucking plans to conquer the world. I had made plans to box. Like things start manifesting later, you know. I had mm-hmm. I I thought about uh, I thought about doing boxing at that point of time it was last okay. year mm-hmm. and I started uh, boxing uh, like practicing boxing uh, like what two months ago like one month or like two months ago and How, it, it was really really it's good like I'm really enjoying it and I'm, I'm currently doing like one and one one two hours practice every day so that's I'm amazing like, man that's great yeah and it's it's great. It's great. And the thing is that that I had thought about so many things while doing vipassana and start manifesting later, and I, you know, I just becomes baffled by the amount of, you know, the power of subconscious that we have. You know, the things that start manifest just because you have thought about it in in your subconscious while you're meditating. So it's beautiful, and uh, yeah, those three days was basically I was uh, making plans. For my future, from the fourth day, uh, the real vipassana starts, and then you start experiencing uh, different sensations—the uh, good ones, the bad ones. Uh, till sixth, I think sixth or seventh day was really painful. Uh, there, there's a, a one-hour session every in every evening of your 
sitting long long hours mm-hmm. you will be just like you start training like 30 to 40 minutes at at 30 to 40 minutes but later you know you start getting used to it and uh, it basically teaches you so many things and i used to cry at certain uh, days like i remember 6th or 7th day i cried and i had so many memories coming up all the good ones and bad ones and okay. uh, it was troubling at sometimes and uh, yeah it was like i thought at seventh or eighth day mm-hmm. uh i don't know whatever people that registered from day one 40 percent of people had left by day okay. seven or day eight why they were uh, so they were really trying painful. or what like many of them hello yeah they were all crying most of them or what hello yeah i can hear you so with are better yeah i can hear you huh huh so basically 40 like uh, like there were 80 to 90 percent people who are freshers in my batch okay okay and especially 40 percent people left because it was really painful for all of us and uh, after you know after we completed that 10 day discourse we talked to each other mm. and everyone was you know giving their own experience i was in fact the youngest there Okay. All of the people that. So I can't even imagine that staying at a place, you know, and not talking to anyone for ten days. I think it's very difficult. You know, I'm very, I'm a very extrovert person, and until or unless I talk to anyone, I don't feel good, man. I feel lonely and stuff. So whenever you know, I like my kabir sir, I cannot live there anymore. To be honest, like, but I heard a lot that uh, staying alone is very important, but. Uh, it's very hard for me you know i it gets into my mind and think anything and shit happens mm-hmm. well uh, to be honest for me uh, staying quiet was never a big problem while staying at vipassana i never even thought about you know talking to someone because there were so many different things that were distracting my mind mm-hmm. there were so many things that i had brought on a surface from my subconscious while meditating mm-hmm. and uh, what happens is basically when you're cut off uh, from a world like this when you don't have access to the outer world and you are on your own and uh, you are meditating for such a long time 10 to 12 hours every single day right. then the see uh, whatever that we consuming from uh, social media or whatever it remains in our conscious mind for a long time okay. and when it, when it starts to uh, when it starts to settle down while you meditating a lot of stuff that is settled in your subconscious uh, starts to come up to your subconscious into your conscious mind and then uh, there's where the problem starts because there might be good experiences there might be bad experiences I had uh, whatever experience that I had in my like 10 to 12 years 
uh, in my past 10 to 12 years, I experienced all of them at once while doing Vipassana. So that's what I'm saying. That is such a beautiful and you know a powerful experience that uh, you got to experience so many things in such a small time. And that is where the problem comes because you might be you might have had uh, good experiences before. You might have mm-hmm. bad experiences before. Right. And if you had bad experiences, it's like a bad trip. If you had good experiences, it's like a good trip. Right. And right. that is why it is similar to you know doing a marijuana trip or yeah. LSD trip or acid trip. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's similar in so many ways. Damn. That's so, good. I, I will do it, man. Vipassana, oh, I need to do this. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, like, when we are discussing limiting beliefs, uh, let's talk about uh, how limiting beliefs have been, you know, uh, like touching upon different like liberty beliefs are different facets of life basically right like uh, in relationships or dating in like in india if i talk about indian girls i don't want to generalize again this is this podcast might turn out to be the most politically incorrect <laughs> podcast ever but again the indian girls have this tendency of being so uptight and so you know in your face while uh, staying in India, and I've seen seen girls, mm-hmm. they become completely different, completely different when they go when they go out, you know, places like Goa, or they, you know, uh, go abroad. Okay. These girls just change like anything, Indian girls. And okay. uh, again, this is not a generalization, but yeah, this is something that uh, is a consequence of limiting beliefs. They have a limiting belief that they'll be judged by Indian guys, and again, Indian guys have this tendency, right. uh, like I, like you know that Indian guys don't have the best game. Uh, right, right. Compare them with any, anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. And Indian guys are, you know, stereotyped as this creep guy who is sending <laughs> and asking for bobs and budgies uh, to every girl and has this creepy and you know ugly face. Right. So right. yeah, Indian guys are stereotyped into that uh, box that the world has made into made for us. And uh, while we are into that, there are a few guys who are working uh, on themselves, on bettering themselves, uh, be it on their fitness, on their right. looks, you know, or their SMV, which we uh, call it in dating uh, market, which is sexual market value, or you know, money, whatever it is. So there are a lot of people who are working on it, and you'll see them, most of them in the. Uh, the metros basically Delhi, Mumbai, Pune, Bangalore, mm-hmm. all these places. So, yeah, the girls that you uh, Indian girls, if I had to talk about, they are a lot, they have a lot more limiting beliefs mm-hmm. as compared to any other, you know, like any other country, except I would say USA. USA again has a big uh, wave of feminism, and this feminism had brought a lot of limiting beliefs. Feminism always being limiting beliefs when it comes uh, to, you know, uh, the right frames because feminism sets the wrong frame. And when I'm talking about feminism, I'm not talking about the real feminism because the actual meaning of feminism is equality of the both genders, right? That I is the true that, meaning of feminism. <coughs> you know, I, I heard that feminism, people don't know even you know, what feminism exactly is. So yeah. I heard no, feminism, nobody, is, no, a, you know, feminism is a movement which started in United States 
so that was feminism is basically about equality but biologically we yeah. you like male men and women they will be never equal you know is why don't you just accept it man yeah It yeah, that's where it. the conflict is. That's where the conflict is. Basically, the feminism when started in USA, at that point of time, the uh, the uh, the conflict was not for the genders, like not for the biological difference, but the conflict was because of the economic difference. Because many companies uh, that I know of, they don't pay equal uh, to a man and a woman if they are doing equal jobs. They always consider a man a little more. Than a little uh, than a woman, and they don't pay them equally, which is wrong. I'm like I'm feminist as fuck when I, when it comes to equality in terms of right. uh, money and everything. So and feminism is very very good in terms of all these things. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, nobody understands feminism right now. Right. All the women that I've met, I've met and talked with, mm-hmm. nobody knows that feminism is about equality. Feminism. Mm-hmm. What they understand by feminism is basically women are better than men, which right. was never the initial thought while starting this. Yeah, it's a very toxic thing. And that is where the yeah, and that is where the problem comes. That when women start uh, uh, like start feeling and start becoming that entitled that they're better than men, then there's always going to be conflict between the two right, genders, right. and that's where the fight comes. Yeah, when and, you compare uh, yourself with others, you know, toxic. Then it's yeah. not good. Comparison is very toxic. Yeah, actually, uh, oh, I was thinking that uh, I, I don't know more about feminism to be honest. But as we talked about, you know, you said limiting beliefs in Indian girls. So there's a limiting. I think there's a more limiting beliefs in Indian guys as well. मतलब uh, yeah. As you said, Indian guys are creepy and all. But उसका भी I I agree completely agree. But उसका भी कोई reason है right because अगर तो व्हेन वी वॉच मोस्ट ऑफ द नो मोस्ट ऑफ द इंडियन गाइस वॉच बॉलीवुड मूवीज और उसमें क्या होता है या इवन देयर फ्रेंड्स दे टेल कि भाई मुझे इस बंदी से बात करनी है ही विल बी लाइक जा बात कर भाई वो तुझे थप्पड़ मारेगी पागल हो गया क्या बात करेगा क्या डायरेक्ट तो यू नो दीज आर द लिमिटिंग बिलीव विच आर इम्पोज बाई सोसाइटी बाई वॉचिंग बॉलीवुड मूवीज बाय वॉचिंग हिंदी यू नो टी सीरीज और इवन यू नो ग्रोइंग अप इन दैट इन्वायरमेंट सो उसमें सिर्फ उनकी गलती ऑफकोर्स यू नो देर आर सम गाइज एज यू टोल देर आर यू नो मेकिंग दम सेल्फ बेटर बट वॉट अबाउट दोज गाइज हु डोंट इवन नो दैट कि उनके लिमिटिंग बिलीव है वो लाइक हाउ कैन दे हाउ कैन वी हेल्प देम और हाउ कैन दे हेल्प देम सेल्फ मैन that indians are conditioned to not be good at conversations okay and this is a big a, a, a very big problem for indians that they Seriously, are not I'll, good I'll at never heard about initiating it. conversations could you repeat what you said yeah indians are very bad at initiating conversations okay an average indian cannot even dream in his rarest dream to even start a conversation with a woman Man, I, I disagree like, with you with on that. Yeah. Okay. About okay. Okay. About women. Okay. Yeah. So again, that comes from uh, the that is again a limiting belief that comes from society, mm-hmm. which says that even if the other person is sitting right beside me, I wouldn't care to talk to that person just because I don't know him. Right. And that is a very big issue in India because we are not a very social country, to be honest. when it comes mm-hmm. to conversations 
and yeah if you compare india with uh, america or european countries especially for the western europe you will see a lot of people uh, people are a lot more social in fact if you go to uh, latin america people are social as fuck yeah. like in in us and europe especially the western europe it's increase the people like the small children they are encouraged to talk to strangers and that is why mm-hmm. making a small talk is really easy in these right. countries okay, people are uh, really uh, friendly to an extent if you uh, you know you take some like there would be some uh, exceptions in everywhere but yeah in <clears throat> these countries making a small talk is very easy with anyone right okay i'm not saying about flirt yeah so i think uh, there's also reason you know in indian society our parents told us you know in childhood ki don't talk to strangers uh, don't take a chocolate from strangers matlab you know these small things but ye cheeze you know it makes a really huge impact in the long run and with that is what our limiting beliefs is which our parents tell society tells i guess there was something a problem there was an issue with the uh, zoom meetings so yeah that was it so i hope this was a you know insightful session for uh, all of you so as shobit already mentioned this it was you know we were just discussing about stuff and uh, if you think you know uh, our um, our opinions may you know other some of our opinions are different you know everyone has different opinions and uh, and it was just a discussion i hope you liked it if you liked it then please let us know you liked it or not if you don't let don't like this then let let us know that as well <clears throat> and i'm going to stop using zoom meetings because you know it is fucking up all my podcast man i need to stop using this i think i, I should use skype or something so thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure good night bye